I want you to turn with me for just a few moments, if you will, for a text for a teaching. And it's Mark 11, chapter 24. Mark 11, chapter 24. I'm going to read something from Smith Wigglesworth once again today. He said, fear looks, faith jumps. I add to that, faith is not jumping to conclusions. Faith is concluding to jump. How many in the preliminaries when we're sharing things about the word, just like that scripture in the book of Revelation, blessed are they that do his commandments, explaining the difference in keeping the law to the letter to be worthy of heaven and keeping the commandment to come to Christ. He commandeth, now he commandeth men everywhere to be saved. He commands us to repent and come to Christ. We can't keep the law perfectly. No one could. If anyone could, by any means other than Christ going to the cross, then he didn't have to go to the cross. And he asked the question, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, since there's no other way, amen, then not my will, but thy will be done. How many want to be taught more, want to know more about how to rightfully divide the Word of God. We've all heard certain scriptures and, and certain denominations use certain scriptures to, to uh, shore up their perspective of what the Bible is saying. And some people are deep into the commentaries and they get PhDs in theology. And I know some men that have went to some of the most prestigious Bible seminaries uh, to get an education. And... Uh, and I know exactly where they're coming from. And one of them told me something that I'm going to pass on to you. He said, you better know what you believe before you go to a Bible college. Because not all the professors there uh, believe in miracles. Not all the professors there believe uh, that, uh, uh, that Jesus physically rose from the dead, depending on which place you go to in these days. Some of the historic old Bible schools do not believe what had been believed for all of those years. So this one man who's in his 50s and went to Bible college in his mid-50s and graduated uh, with a high degree from a, a, a theological seminary that is highly honored. He said, you better know what you believe before you go to school. And I like what someone said, I believe it was Smith Wigglesworth, or someone of his stature, he said the commentary, the Bible sheds a lot of light on the commentaries. There's, a, there's some great commentaries out there. Matthew Henry's got a great commentary. I used to, to study the four books before we got computers, uh, Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown. I think that's when I started realizing I needed glasses because of the fine print in those big, thick books. But it was a, a, a well-known, respected commentary. But the commentaries keep on coming. And the variations of, of the Bible, the King James, keep on coming. And we're becoming more acceptable. Uh, a lady came here one time, and I think I quoted from some other. I quoted the King James first, and then to clarify some other translation, comparing it to the King James as the foundation. And uh, I saw her looking at me with that funny look. And uh, she, I, I think she was afraid that maybe we're just going to those that variate a long way 
from the King James. And if you're going to study the Word, you've got to study the Word as it was first brought, not as it has been, you know. Don't study a paraphrase. Let's put it that way. Because it's a paraphrase. You've got to study the Hebrew, study the Greek, study the Chaldee. And you've got to study the Bible in its fullness. And what I'm asking you is, do you want to know more about those particular scriptures and things that, that may give people problems? When I was growing up, it was holiness or hell. However, because of the lack of supporting grace so we could live that holy life, those people that tried to live that perfect, sinless, perfect life failed. My pastor failed, had a moral failure. And lost his church. And he was anointed. There was no, this, see, this is the thing. It's not about the anointing. People are not perishing for lack of anointing. They're perishing for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. There was no lack of anointing on King Saul. Saul was anointed to be king over Israel. He was so anointed when he went to battle. The Bible said when he and his son went to battle, Saul and Jonathan, they were swift as eagles. And when they were defeated on the battlefield, amen, it was as if they had not been anointed. My people go into captivity. This very same reason for the lack of knowledge. So the Bible said, let not the rich man glory in his riches. Let not the mighty man glory in his strength. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. But he that glorieth or boasteth, this is a boasting that is not only all right with God, he wants us to develop that attitude. <laughs> Let him boast in this, that he knows and understands me, saith the Lord. That I am the Lord that executes righteousness and judgment in, and, 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 and mercy in all of the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Can you say man? Hallelujah. So this knowledge of God, it's not just... Knowledge of a promise in the word that you've been missing. It's knowledge of a person who stands behind the promise to keep it, to watch over it, to perform it. Hath he not said it and will he not do it? Teaching is incredibly important now when there's so much error. And it's important that we get filled with knowledge so we don't perish, so the devil doesn't use our lack of knowledge. You know, the Bible said if you... Even in the area of spiritual law, forgiveness, when you stand, pray, and forgive. If you don't forgive, your Father won't forgive you. Amen. We, we can't let faith do all the work. There's got to be some cleansing of the heart. And I appreciate the, the testimony you gave to your family about forgiveness that was shared here and, and how God is trying to bring people back together that the devil's trying to just absolutely destroy and defraud from the blessing of that unity. Paul said, if you've forgiven anybody, we don't even need to know the circumstances. We're going to forgive them also. Lest the devil get an advantage of us. Because we're not ignorant, lack of knowledge, of his devices. Can you, we know what he's trying to do. And we're not going to fall for it. Can you say amen? If the good man, again, lack of knowledge, if the good man of the house... If he had known what hour the thief was going to come, he wouldn't have suffered his house to be broken up. Lack of knowledge is what defeated him. Not lack of authority, lack of power, lack of knowledge, not even lack of faith, lack of knowledge. Amen?
So we need knowledge. Paul said, I want to impart unto you some spiritual gift, something that when I leave, you still have to this end that you might be established. And the Greek word there is to be made at one with. In other words, he wanted them to be so connected to Christ and to God that their faith would work and they could receive from God after the mightily anointed evangelist was gone, they could still receive from the Lord. Too many people just have faith in a big meeting somewhere where someone with gifts and is operating. And when that person isn't around and we're in a crisis, I'm going to tell you when, you, when you're like I was with my son in the emergency room at, at what used to be University Community Hospital, and there's something terribly wrong, and there's pain in my son, and, and he can't eat and he can't drink, and, and, and I'm frustrated because an answer hasn't come. Has anybody ever been impatient? My daily prayer ought to be, Lord, give me patience and hurry. But you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. He's indicating that from the time you pray and believe till the time you receive, there may be a space there. Realize that God's delay is not necessarily his, deli- his denial. In fact, if he's promised it, there's not, he's not going to deny himself, and he's not going to deny his word. He watches over it to perform it. And the victory came in emergency room. And I was so glad that faith operated when it was needed in the time of crisis in behalf of my son. I was so glad when he sat up, suddenly just sat up, when God, God did an instant miracle in the emergency room of the hospital, he sat up and said, Daddy, my stomach don't hurt. And he couldn't take water. And he said, Daddy, I'm thirsty. And I asked the nurse, I said, can I give him a drink? Sure, if he, if he can handle it. He drank the water. It didn't come back up. Pain is gone. The water stayed down. He wants another glass of water. So give him another glass of water. He drinks it. And then he said what he's known for. I'm hungry. Amen. And I knew he was healed then. Because he couldn't hold nothing down. Hadn't eat a thing in, in, in many hours all day long. And into the wee hours of the night. And when they released him, they didn't want to let him go, Brother Taylor. Because they have a problem with the miraculous in most Places where science and education uh, has the primary influence because they, they're not used to miracles. And I'm going to tell you, it's not just hospitals and doctors that are not used to miracles. A lot of churches and Christians aren't used to it either. But you need to get used to it. There's, I was talking to somebody the other day about something God was going to do. Amen. And I said, I think it was you I was talking to. See if it wasn't. Amen. I talked to a lot of people. Hallelujah. But I think I said something to this end. I think I said something like this. When God worked a miracle like that, if God worked a miracle like that, I would not be surprised by a miracle. I would be amazed at every miracle God works. Can you say amen? But it wouldn't surprise me anything that He did for Nothing is impossible with God. Can you say amen? So nothing would, nothing, I, nothing would surprise me 
Hallelujah. If, if you went home and Kirsten was standing there saying, what's been going on? What, where, where, where am I? What, what is... Hey, it wouldn't surprise me if you called... You said if it happens, Lord, if it happens, somebody better be around to catch me. Can you say amen? Not because of surprise, but because of being so amazed. It's an amazing when God moves like that. I wasn't surprised when God healed my son instantly in the emergency room. But I was amazed, amen, that, that God responded not to perfect faith, but faith that was impatient. I was impatient. I got upset. I prayed and nothing happened. You say, Brother Venable, which is most important? I keep telling this because it's so true. Faith or patience? Well, be followers of them through faith who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, and walk and not faint. Well, let me ask you this question. If faith and patience need to be coupled to operate properly, if you were in an airliner, which wing would you rather fall off the plane? The right wing or the left wing? She said, I don't want neither one of them to come off. I want them to both stay right where they need to be because they're both essential to that plane staying in the air. Well, patience is essential to faith. And I became impatient. And guess what? I went into a nosedive. I was tired, wore out, getting upset with God because my son was still crying with pain. He's a teenager crying with pain. And I have prayed, and I have believed to the best of my ability to believe. And you know, when trials come, you're not always prayed up. And it's not always going to come in a perfect circumstance where you've been just praising God all day. No, I've been through the mill all day, facing problems and pressures all day. I was wore out. He was wore down. He's sick. I'm praying. I decided, well, I'm going to take authority over the devil. So I, I jumped on the devil. Took all kinds of authority over him. And the devil was screaming in your ear. He screamed in my ear. It's amazing when you can't hear God how clear you can hear the devil. The preacher one time, was, was a man came to him and said, I, The devil's been telling me I'm not saved. The devil's been telling me there is no God. You just made this up. It didn't really happen. You're not really saved. There is no God. And he said, Pastor, do you have a word for me? And he said, yes, quit listening to the devil. Can you say, man, get in the word of God. Let it stand. Let God be true. Let every man, including the devil of all people, to be the liar. But when you get wore out and wore down and your faith begins to waver... And I remember when I decided I'm going to take him to the hospital. I'm not going to, if it's my lack of faith, Lord, I'm not going to let him suffer from my lack of faith. I'm going to take him to the hospital. There's nothing wrong with going to the hospital when you need to. But go to God first. So when you get to the hospital, you know that God is not an afterthought. You don't just go to God when everything else fails. God is paramount. God is first. And I said, all right, Lord. 
if you're not going to heal him, then I'm going to get him some help. And I got him to the car and took off to the hospital, got in the parking lot of the emergency room, and then I heard the Lord. And he said, are you really going to take him in there without me, without trusting me? My son was laying down in the back seat, and I said, Matthew, can you hold on five more minutes before I take you in to get you some help? He said, yes, Daddy. I thought, oh, what a precious son. Hallelujah. More patient than I am. He's got the pain. I'm just frustrated and wore out. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I drove around in circles. Plenty of parking spaces in the parking area of University Community. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I was impatient. I'm wore out. I'm tired. Lord, we need you. We need you. We've got to have you. Oh, we can't go in here and just trust man alone. We need you, Lord. We need you. We need you. There's nothing wrong with medical help when you need it. But always make sure God is going with you by putting God first. And so we went in. I took him in. They took his blood. They analyzed it. And they said that the white blood count rate is high as it would be for for something uh, really bad wrong in the body. said if he had acute appendicitis, which it wasn't his appendix, they eliminated that, the blood count would be this high. But if it isn't that, there's something else going on to drive it up the way that it is. And they were getting ready to look for it. And down the hall, I remember, I'll never forget it, they brought in a man who had been in drunk driving, hit a power pole, went through the windshield, and cut him really, really, just chopped his face up and his head up. They brought him in and put him in an adjacent room. And I could hear him in there crying out, help me. And they couldn't give him pain medication because of the alcohol that was in his bloodstream for fear of his heart slowing down too much. So he was having to endure the pain of that. And he was crying for help, and there was no help for him. And I began to thank God for the help that was promised and provided through Jesus Christ to me and my son. And I said, Lord, no matter what happens from this point forward, I'm not going to be impatient. I'm going to thank you right here. I'm going to thank you right now. And that's when my son set up, not when I was in some kind of intense, aggravated, fear-driven, worry-laden prayer, but it was that praising of God for His faithfulness. Even when there had been no change, I knew that I knew in my heart God is on the throne and God is going to take care of my son. And that's when he sat up and said, Daddy, the pain is gone. I, listen, I love it when it's instant because I don't need my, my patience <laughs> like I do at other. Don't you love it when you just pray and boom, it happens. But you see, I prayed at home and it didn't happen. But when I prayed in the emergency room after telling him, I don't care how long it takes, I'm going to be patient, I'm going to be persistent, and I'm going to praise you right now, right here and right now. And while praising him and thanking him, when I heard that guy saying, help me, help me, I thank God that I had a God who hears my cry. I love the Lord, David said, because he hears my cry. I love the Lord because he hears my 
voice. I love the Lord because He hears my prayer, turning His ear always to me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. David said he bends down and listens when I pray. Just like when one of these little kids come up and want to tell me something. And all the big people are up here talking to me about serious stuff. And here's a little kid that drew something and wants me to see it. And they're about right here on me. And in order to hear anything that they're saying, I have to, I have to take time to give them time. And I have to get away from the big people long enough to bend down and listen. And David had a concept of God and a perspective and a revelation. He said, when, because of His love that's set on me, when I pray, He bends down and listens. I don't have to get my prayer into the presence of a God sitting way up there, aloof in His heaven, but a God who is right here, right now. Hallelujah. Uh, he said, God is our refuge. 40 Psalms 46. God is our refuge and our strength. Are you ready? A very present help. He don't have to come on the scene. He's on the scene. We have to recognize His presence. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And my son said, Daddy, can I go home? And I said to the nurse, can he go home? And she said, not without the doctor's permission. They want to keep him and... Get to the bottom of it and observe. I said, but he's fine. We prayed he's fine. And of course, when you say prayed, they... It's almost like cooties, you know. It's amazing. But when they took more blood and tested it, the white count was normal. There was no fever. No pain. Holding water down and wanting a hamburger. Amen. And the doctor said, I will let you take him home on one condition because we can't, there's been such a radical change. One condition that tomorrow you take him to a clinic or a family doctor. And we just taken him to the family doctor, by the way. So we took him to a clinic the next day according to the doctor's orders because God can God don't have, listen, you don't have to you don't have to exaggerate God. You can't you can't tell you can't tell how great he is. But I'll tell you Miracles, when God does move, can, are, they're verifiable. They're verifiable. So I took him to the clinic and told him about the hospital thing, and he got into the records, whatever, that he needed to gain. And, and he said, and he, he went on the, uh, head to toe, stem to stern. He took blood. He did everything. He could find nothing wrong. And, and he came out. He was sad. He came out. My son was sitting out there after he'd been through all the whatever that they did. And, and he said, sir, I'm sorry. We can't find a thing wrong with your son. <laughs> and I said, well, you don't have to apologize. We're so happy to hear that he's fine. We prayed and God touched him. You know, he's okay. Go home. <laughs> Amen. It's hard for people. There are, there are large segments of Christianity today that they call them cessationists. They believe after the last apostle died, the miracles stopped and God works miracles no more. Of course, when they need a building built, they're believing God for a financial, guess what? A financial miracle. So God will work a miracle to build stone, stained glass, and steeple. But God won't heal His temple that He indwells. 
And I, I believe, and I, I pray daily. I, there's not a day I've, I've, I have enhanced my prayer life with my natural appetite. I do not miss meals unless I'm fasting. Amen. Come on. Tell the truth. Shame the devil today. Amen. If we take much longer, your belly is going to start giving a message to you. It's lunchtime. Amen. You quit thinking about golden streets and think about the golden corral. So I tied some prayers that I'm going to pray every time I have a meal. Now I either do it before the meal or I do it after the meal. But if I eat a meal, I'm going to pray this prayer. One of the prayers that I'm praying because I know how powerful it is to evangelism when people see God moving in other people's lives. You can testify all day long, but miracle speaks for itself. When I was in the elevator with a nurse and she said, I deal with what you've just been through when I had that stroke. I deal with this all the time. And young man, I want she called me young man. It wasn't because I was young. It's because she was getting on up there. <laughs> she, said, she said, young man, I liked it already. <laughs> Amen. She said, young man, do you realize that you have had a miracle occur? I said, I absolutely do. There's no doubt in my mind that God intervened for me. People interceded for me and God intervened for me. Hallelujah. And when it's verifiable like that, it's amazing the, the vacuum for God's power and God's answers in the church of Jesus Christ. There's a huge spirit-filled church in Alabama. And when my aunt, my aunt, if you please, in Alabama When they got the news, she got the news that her niece's husband, and I grew up with Janelle. She, she, she my buddy. I, I grew up with, with my aunt Janelle on my wife's side, really her aunt, but I inherited her aunt-ship when I married her. And Janelle got up in the church service and said, can we have a special prayer? For a minister in Tampa, Florida, who's had a stroke on the way to the hospital. And they called all their prayer people. And then she stood up in church and asked for prayer on the Wednesday night service. And it happened on a Tuesday. And on the Sunday morning service, Pamela called her. And, you know, he called her when I got out of the hospital. Fine. Said he's in church. He's going to preach this morning in their church service in Alabama. Aniston, Alabama, she stood up and they had all prayed. And, and she stood up and said, you know, the preacher that had the stroke that we were praying for last week, he is not only out of the hospital in three days with no symptoms, he's preaching this morning, right back in the pulpit preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. And without another word, without anybody telling anybody to do anything, she said the whole church, about 900 people, stood to their feet and began to praise God. Why? God got the glory. We got the answer. God got the glory. It was a win-win. Hallelujah. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Can you say, man, who sinned because this man was blind? His mama's daddy? Nobody but that God might be glorified when Jesus opened the those blind eyes. But there's such a vacuum for miracles. 
We're too surprised when it happens. We ought to be amazed when it happens at the greatness and goodness and glory of God. But we should never be surprised when God shows up and God shows out. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So, in Acts chapter 4, the miracle has occurred. A lame man who never has walked went into the temple leaping and praising God because he sat at the gate beautiful and Peter and John said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. And, and Peter taking him, amen, by the, by the wrist and lifting him up while he said in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk immediately. His feet and ankle bones received strength. Hallelujah. And he went into the temple leaping and praising God. In Acts 14, in Acts 14, it said they went down to Lystra and there Paul preached the gospel. There he preached the gospel. There he preached the gospel. And there sat there another lame man who never had walked. Who steadfastly beholding him, Paul, steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. That's crucial. You just have a prayer line and people haven't been taught. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I'll never, ever forget when my son had an instant miracle that's lasted to this day and he's 53 years old. My oldest son, when he was in his early teens, 13 years old, he had terrible migraines, the type, kind of migraines that aspirin don't help and that doctors can't fix. And he would literally fall down. He couldn't stand up. It would make him sick, and the pain was so bad he would fall down. And kids would come to, knocking on the door when we lived in Dover in a mobile home on an acre of land, and they'd say, Mr. Venable, your son got off the bus, and he fell to the ground. And I would run down, scoop him up, bring him home, lay him down, put some cold rags on his head, give him two aspirins and pray. But he kept having them, kept having them. And there was a, a meeting, an evangelist came to Tampa at Curtis Hickson Hall. I'll never forget it. He said, I'm not going to pray for the sick until the third night. And there were people got really upset. I don't have, in other words, I don't have three nights to invest. I came here tonight. I want prayer. I'm not coming back for the next two nights. He said, I want you to know why I'm not praying for the sick until the third night. He said, I want to teach you for two nights so that you have faith to receive. Everybody say faith to receive. Faith to, Paul didn't just Say, see, that's why there's so much disappointment, discouragement, and people are saying God doesn't do it today because people are not taught that God does it today. And they're not taught how to believe. They're not taught how to receive. And so we're not in a condition to receive. Jesus didn't heal anybody that didn't have faith to receive. Nobody. He asked them, do you believe I'm able to do this thing? And when they had faith to receive and they, yea, yea, Lord, he said, then be it unto thee according to what? According to what? According to God's unknown, unknown will or according to your faith, so be it unto you. As your faith be, 
so be it unto you. Everybody say faith to receive. When God's willingness to give meets your faith to receive, there's going to be a manifestation. You don't have to wait and see before you start praising God for the answer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a man sat beside of me and he said, I'm not coming back. And I thought, well, I am. I'm coming back. I'm coming back because I want to hear the word. Don't see people want to bypass where faith comes from. Faith doesn't just come by believing that an anointed minister has gifts. Faith comes by trusting in Christ and in God. It's in the name of Jesus that healings occur. Not in the name of some evangelist. Not in the name of some church. But in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, so I brought him back. We listened to the word. First day we come back, listen to the word the second day. Come back the third day. Crowded, thinned down because most people didn't want to invest in that. Honey, you've got to want it bad enough to do some investing. Amen. You've got you to press. The, remember the little woman? Issue of blood. Been to many doctors and suffered. You know what they used to do? I don't know what they did in that day. But in medieval times, if you were weak and anemic, they felt like you had bad blood. Let's get some out. And they would bleed you. They'd cut something and let it drain into a big old pan, thinking we're getting the bad blood out, but they wouldn't put no good blood back in. You're worse off after you went to the doctor than you would. Some people would put leeches on you, let them suck your blood. Lord have mercy. Thank God for Jesus. <laughs> Thank God for the medical knowledge, because they didn't have knowledge either. They didn't believe it. They thought if you couldn't see it, there can't be no germs killing nobody if we can't see nothing. People died from infection all over the place until they knew better. Listen carefully. He, was, he knew if I get a line up here with people that whose faith hasn't grown to receive, I'm going to pray, I'm going to believe, God wants to do something, but they don't have faith to receive it. Paul didn't start a healing line with all of his gifts of the Spirit and anointings. He perceived that a man in the bunch had faith... To be healed, which means is he had receiving faith. He would receive it. And, 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 and then he, he didn't pray like, Lord, if it be thy will. He didn't preface us with that. Who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving he had the faith to be healed, said to him in a loud voice, Stand up on thine feet. Jesus makes thee whole. And the man stood up and was instantly healed. And the Bible said, in all who saw it turned to the Lord. They knew this is not, this gospel didn't come in word only, but it came in the Holy Ghost. It came in power and it came in much assurance. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. God working with them, confirming the word with signs following. And what is the primary sign that God chose to confirm His word? Above all the other signs and things that would occur. They prayed for it in the book of Acts. Lame man is running, jumping, praising God. And they threatened to kill the apostles that prayed for him. Don't preach or teach anymore in this name. Threaten them with death. And they prayed and asked for, Lord, behold their threatening. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness, 
we may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders occur in the mighty name of Jesus. And when they had prayed like that, the place therein they were gathered was shaken. That's it. Show, show, show us how it was shaken. Hallelujah. It was shaken. It was shaken. God says, yeah. I mean, it's like God saying, yeah. That's what I've been waiting on. Somebody that would boldly believe me, boldly. God, listen, the, the wicked flee when no man pursueth the righteous or bold as a lion. And with great power gave the apostles witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. With what? Great power. Hallelujah. The Word of God, this, this gospel did not come in word only. We've got theologians right now that are able to teach people the, the correct theology from the Bible. But the power of God is manifest when His Word is preached boldly in faith believing. Hallelujah. And when faith to receive. You see, if that man had prayed for everybody on that first night, a whole bunch of them would win away with nothing from God. Because there was no faith to receive. But if you receive the Word for two nights, faith comes and hearing by the Word of God. On the third night, there were some people out there with faith to receive. And He didn't even have to lay hands on them. My son and I were sitting there on that third night. <laughs> Hallelujah. And He came out and He just began to, to, to quote Isaiah chapter 53. He didn't preach on it. He just quoted it. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Surely when we saw Him, there's nothing that we should desire Him. But we considered Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But surely He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was laid on Him, and with His stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. We all like sheep have went astray, but God hath laid on Him the iniquity of us all. And He asked, how many people are here tonight? And you need a miracle of healing in your body. And I grabbed my son. We stood up. I raised my hand while holding my son's hand. He's standing beside me because he's seeing his daddy look to God. He's looking to God. Hallelujah. And you know what he said then? He said, I want somebody that believes that God will heal these people. Somebody near them go over and lay hands on them. See, he wanted the focus off of himself. He wanted the focus off of his anointing, his gifts, and on God and his faithfulness and Jesus and his wonderful name. And a, I call her a little old lady, but she was probably my age. That's dating me, isn't it? <laughs> when the little old lady was my age. <laughs> I see you laughing. One day, one day, just wait. It'll take some years, but they'll go quickly. One day you'll look back and say, I know what he's talking about. Right now it's an old thing. You wouldn't understand. Can you say, but you will one day. But this is a little gray-haired lady. No name evangelist, a little gray. But see, we had faith to receive. 
It didn't take some great evangelist to stimulate. We've been stimulated by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word. We had faith to receive. And she just walked over in bold faith herself. Said, what do you need? And I said, my son has migraines and it debilitates him. We we didn't even know if he could continue in school because they would call us to come and get him sick. She said, in the name of Jesus, I command these migraines to leave him and never trouble him again. And they left him and never troubled him. And he's 53 years old and never had another one to this day. Glory be to God. Woo! Hallelujah. I did that same holler in a Baptist church I preached about a year ago. Sound man like to went through the roof. Anyway, he had on earphones trying to monitor me. He should have known better. <laughs> I screamed and I think he screamed. <laughs> I went, ah, hallelujah. What, how can you tone it down? When you're talking about God doing these wonderful things, but faith came by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. He knew if I pray before faith comes, they can't receive. It won't be God refusing to move. They can't receive it. But when there's someone with faith to receive and God's willingness to give, there it is, a manifestation. And the glory of it was, it wasn't the name evangelist with all the gifts. Our faith was in Christ. And in the mighty name of Jesus and the goodness and grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I believe every great evangelist with healing ministries and gift ministries, many of them were put on pedestals and people wouldn't release their faith unless they were in that healing line. And sometimes looking to that man and almost deifying that man or that woman, some of them went off the rails doctrinally. Some of them fell into pride, had personal failures, because that's a clay vessel. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm so glad when I couldn't take my son to Tulsa, Oklahoma for prayer that God would come to University Community Hospital in Tampa and heal him. Can you say amen? Glory be to God. Are you getting anything out of this? Do you understand? You learn something down through the years, walking with God, talking with God, and watching God move. Faith to receive. Faith to receive. It begins with hearing. Oh, we need teaching. i got to tell you this before we quit today. Went to a church... A church, a denominational Pentecostal church, heard our tapes. A man who went to church there gave the pastor some of our tapes. That's back during the day of the cassette. And they loved the ministry. He said, do you think you can get that, that preacher to come and hold us a three-day meeting? And he said, well, I'll ask him. So he called me and said, do you think they want you to come to a church here? And I thought... Well, you know, I get somebody to fill in for me. I'll go up. We'll have a time. We'll just preach the Word and see what God wants to do. We loaded up the car. We headed for South Carolina. We got into town the Saturday night. Sunday's supposed to begin the meeting. The guy that called me from the church called me at the motel. And he said, Pastor Venable, I'm sorry. But our pastor, after consideration, said, 
that since you're not part of the denomination and hadn't been approved by the denomination, see, he knew as a man of God. He knew I preached the truth. He'd been listening to the tapes, but he couldn't have me in the church. So that door closed. Click, lock, closed. So I said, well, that's okay. We're in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. I mean, come on, you've got to just praise God. And you can't take all this personally. I said, Lord, if, if you want me there, I'll be there. If you don't want me there, if, if I'm going to be there and people are going to be closed off, there's no point in me going. What am I going to accomplish? I'm going to waste my breath and nothing's going to occur. I want to go somewhere where I'm received. Amen. Because receiving is what it's all about. As many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. So, so, so he, and then the phone rung in a little while and he said, preacher, he said, there's a little Pentecostal church. And I called that pastor and he said, he'd be glad to have you. I thought, well, I'll be glad to come if he's glad to have me. Hallelujah. Amen. So I went. They had a song service on Sunday and announced that I was going to hold Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. And I heard one musician say to the other, are you coming back? Where I could hear them. I almost blurted out, I can hear you. <laughs> Amen. And he said to them, are you coming back? He said, no, I ain't coming back. They weren't interested in no meeting, no teaching, no revival. They just wanted to come play their instrument. I ain't coming back. Hear the word. I thought, well, I'm probably where I'm needed. Well, they need something from God here. I commend this church. Some, some people told me if it wasn't for the word, I wouldn't come. Thank God for that. I'm glad you're coming for the right reason. Amen. You're sure not coming for the prestige of it. It's got to be the power of the gospel. When God touched you and healed you, it don't matter how big the church, how bright the stained glass windows are shining. It doesn't matter how many degrees Dr. So-and-so has. What matters does God show up? And can I receive from the Lord? Hallelujah. So I went, and God gave me one scripture and said, I don't want you to preach anything but this. Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. He gave me the topic, a God-given victory. He gave me the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and 58. Thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I preached on a God-given victory for three nights. Crowd went down. <laughs> it went from bad to worse but the people that came and sat under the word of God faith to receive began to grow and the first thing that happened was the pastor's wife who was just bewildered and beleaguered and oppressed came down for prayer and the spirit of God got a hold of her hallelujah and the oil of joy just got poured on her honey bucket turned over praise God hallelujah and she got the joy of the Lord shouted and danced and praised God and hollered out at the congregation we need to we need teaching we need teaching because I taught for three days and preached and you know how I teach and preach they kind of overlap but they learned something in three days. 
And their faith to receive came up. And then the woman came down and she said, I was in a car accident and three vertebrae in my neck have been fused together. It's inoperable. And they've given me pain medication and upped it and upped it until they can't up it any further. Opiates are a big problem right now because they, they become addicted not only to the pain part of it, but to the emotional feeling that people get from it. She said, they can't give me any more and I'm in pain 24 hours a day and I can't eat and I can't hardly sleep. They're giving me something to try to just knock me almost out. And I said, well, let's pray. And I laid hands on her. And the Lord, see, boldly, when they granted with boldness, with boldness. And the Spirit of God came on me and said, tell them bones to hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Biblical precedent, isn't there? There's a man looking out and showing a boneyard full of dry bones. And God asked the question, can these bones live? Can Israel become a nation again being scattered to the nations of the world can these bones not only was it just skeletons but bones were scattered they were not even a skeletal remain they were just all over the place and then in order for God to do what he purposed what did he tell the prophet to do he said prophesy to these bones Woo! speak to the bones And when he prophesied to the bones, the Bible said that bone came to his bone. Ain't a bone connected to the... You know the bone song. Come on, you know the bone song. Does anybody... I get mixed up. I wasn't good at biology. I was courting Pamela. Not that Pamela, my Pamela. Ain't a bone connected to the... Foot bone, foot bone connected to the... No, there's some bones in between. (laughs) You know that song? You have to learn it again. I told you what would happen as time went by. Neck bone connected to the head bone. The bones came together. Prophesied again and the flesh came on the bones but they're dead prophesied to the four winds in life and they stood up a great and mighty armor but what God wanted to accomplish someone was speaking boldly in his name and it happened and the Lord came on me and said speak to those bones in her neck don't just ask me to heal her speak to the bones And I said, bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Now, I'm Pentecostal. This was a Pentecostal church, although it was a dead, dry Pentecostal church. But it was a Pentecostal church. So when she went like that, and I heard crackle, crackle, I just thought she got a touch from the Lord just then. Oh, hallelujah. But it wasn't that, just a touch. I didn't know what happened. That was the third night. We got in our car. Took a little tour through the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. Hallelujah. Came home happy. Glad to be of service to the Lord. God didn't want me in that big old church, big formal church. It didn't want me to be there unless I met their criteria. God wanted me in a little old church where people had a need and had the faith to receive. And that's where I ended up. And I'd rather be there preaching to people with faith to receive than in a big old formal church. Amen. That just goes through the motions Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. 
<laughs> but, but, but when I got back facing trials and tests and things that we all face, I got a letter in the mail and said, Pastor Venable, I'm so glad you came to South Carolina to our little church and taught us and taught us and taught us. When you remember when you laid hands on me and prayed for me that for this condition in my neck, she said from that night, see it was several months later, that night till now, I have not had one more pain, no more stiffness, and I've had no pain medication. God healed me completely. And she was giving God the glory, but she was thanking us for coming and teaching them. Teaching them. Teaching them. Teaching them. You see, if I just get excited and you get the overflow of my excitement, or even if you get a sense of God's presence through the anointing that's on my life, and you don't have faith to receive. Remember the woman that said, if I can touch, she had faith to receive. She didn't have to, she didn't have to get him to grant that to her. She had faith to receive. And what did she say? I believe if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. I don't have to try to get his attention, get his permission. All I have to do is touch the hem of his garment. He's anointed to heal, and I have faith to receive. So I don't need to go through a whole bunch of stuff. All I need to do is make contact. When my faith to receive, make, make contact with his willingness to give. If thou wilt, thou canst make me whole. He said, I will. I will. I will. And when she made contact and she pushed what? She had, to, she was, she, she had an issue of blood. She was bleeding and there was no stopping it. And she was anemic and she was weak and she would probably have died from anemia. But she pushed through a crowd, pressing. She probably crawled on her hands and knees because she, her eye was on his feet, his sandals, and the hem of his garment. And when she, with faith to receive, made contact with his willingness to give, she didn't have to ask him for anything from that point. All she had to do is make contact. And what happened when she touched the hem of his garment? He said, who touched me? And they were all over him, wanting him to do this, wanting him to do that, wanting this. And they said, Master, we, they're all over you. He said, I'm not talking about touching me physically. He was talking about touching him by faith. And she thought she did something wrong, and she said, I did. <laughs> Hallelujah. Again, be it unto thee, according to your faith. He said, it's already done. In fact, virtue has went out of me. I looked up that word virtue. It means miracle working power had flowed out of him into her. And immediately the bleeding stopped. But we're in Pentecostal churches. We got a name that represents the power and presence of God. But we can dry up just like anybody else. And we can pray prayers without building our faith to receive be prayed for without faith to receive and not get the answer. But when there's faith to receive, 
meets God's willingness to give. That's why finding a promise is important. And then believing that the person that made the promise is going to back up his word. Things happen. Miracles happen. So Mark eleven twenty four says, as we close, What so things soever you desire when you pray. Not after you pray and stand on the word. Not after you pray and claim the promise. But when you pray. When you pray. When you pray. See, it's got to be there when you pray. That means it's got to be there before you pray to be there when you pray. And the only way it's going to be there before you pray is if you get involved in some teaching. And you receive the Word into the good ground heart and it brings forth fruit. And one of the fruit or products of the Word of God is faith. It's got to be there when you pray, so that when you pray, when you pray, Jesus said unto them. This is not my doctrine or Pentecostal doctrine. This is what Jesus taught. Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. How in the world can you believe that you receive when you pray? You have to have some faith built up before you pray. And that's why. This nationally known evangelist wouldn't pray until the third night. And he said, I want you to take a card. And I want, in other words, I want you to prove you were here for three nights. Because I don't want people going out of here accusing God of unfaithfulness. Or your faith hurt because you didn't get a touch and somebody else did. God's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. As your faith be what? As your faith, so be it unto you. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And when does that believing faith or receiving faith, they're one and the same. When does that occur? Amen. It's supposed to occur when you pray. When you pray. When you pray. When you pray. Hallelujah. And you shall have them there will be a manifestation of that answer if it's in the will of God and if you can find it in the word of God remember I told you about the three Catholic nuns in their habits that came to Merritt Island took notes through the whole meeting when I saw them writing the most is while teaching the word of God in Merritt Island they were taking notes when they started really scribbling in their notepads. It's when I say, when I said the Word of God is a revealer of the will of God. For what God has purposed, He's, he's let us know and framed it in a promise. And the promises of God are yea and amen to them that believe. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 said, Through faith they obtained promises. <laughs> Listen, if God didn't want you to have it, He wouldn't have put it in a promise. But when you, when you find a promise, you find His purpose. There's a guy that, that I took to be Christian to. He was good to my mom-in-law. Lived in an apartment next to her. He's, got a, he's single. He's got a Corvette. $80,000 Corvette. I'd sell that sucker, get me a pickup truck, and pay off my house. 
He's already worried about it. He got dinged in the parking lot, just like I told you would happen. If you go to Wally World, that's Walmart for you city folk. Can you say, man, you go to Wally World, somebody's going to ding your car. If it ain't a redneck and a big old pickup truck, it's a loose buggy that somebody's just tearing off down there and bang up against your Maserati. If you had a Maserati, you wouldn't drive it to Walmart, would you? I wouldn't drive it because I would sell it immediately. One guy's wheels cost so much, he's afraid they're going to steal the wheels. And he had two pit bulls, one tied to the front and one to the back. Two big old mean pit bulls. I mean, he told them to be mean. So that number one, they would bark. Number two, they would bite. Till he got out there with his gun to protect his wheels on his car. Because they cost so much. Thank God nobody's going to jack up my car to take my wheels. I don't have to worry. <laughs> Amen. Oh, God done hit me in the back of my van. Lord, I put on the brakes. and See, I talk about old guys. And he's about my age. I got to stop this. <laughs> Amen. I'm incriminating myself. Bam, he hit me. Bowed in the bumper on the back of my van. He had a new Ford F-150. And he got out and he was crying. I think he'd had a wreck before. and afraid they were going to take his license. And, and his insurance company probably ready to write him off. And he'd come out and he had tears in his eyes. Sir, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm looking at my bumper and thinking his insurance will fix that. But I thought one of these days I'm going to need mercy. And this old van, I'm not trying to show off. I'm hauling stuff in it. Amen. So it, it, I said, you know, you got the worst of it. I said, this old van's going to run just fine with it bent up a little bit. And that back bumper thing that you pull things with. Man, that old, that old F-150, that new F-150 couldn't take it like my old Astro van took it. Man, that thing, take a lick and keep on ticking. And I said, sir, you just go your way. I let him off the hook. And I'm looking down the line for somebody to let me off the hook. Blessed for the, are the merciful. I got me some mercy waiting. <laughs> In fact, I might have already used it. I might need some more. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. You see, God gets accused of unfaithfulness. And we get discouraged in our faith because we don't understand the process that faith to receive is essential to God granting it to us. As your faith be, God said, it's not all up to me. It's not all up to some evangelist with an anointing. There's something you, you need to do. You need your faith built up. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. When I was, had cancer of the blood, as a child, and I've been striving my whole life to get back to that place of faith. The simple, childlike, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Amen? No. God said it. That settles it. And I choose to believe it. For thy word is what? Forever settled in heaven. His word is not settled when you decide to believe it or not. His word is settled the day he says it. Heaven and earth will pass away from that point. But my word will abide forever. That's how permanent it is. How powerful it is. Let all the world stand in awe of him. Hallelujah. 
looking at the heavens, looking at the handiwork of God. Amen. Let all the world stand in awe of Him, for He commanded, and it was done. He spoke, and it stood fast. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's the power of the Word. And as a child, I grew up believing that God could do anything. And I grew up believing that God would do anything because He loved His people. And nobody had told me any different yet. Amen? I got up in the morning listening to the radio. Didn't have a television in our home yet. And I'd hear the radio, something good is going to happen to you, happen to you this very day. Something good is going to happen to you, for Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way. Wow. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. So when my mama grabbed me by the hand to take me down, because the doctor had written me off, And as we walked down to be prayed for, my faith to receive as a child was right there dead on. I had no doubt God was going to heal me. My mama's had doubt. Amen. But I didn't have any doubt. And I've experienced the presence of God for the first time in my life. And when the evangelist, God gave him the word of knowledge. She tried to tell him about leukemia. He rebuked cancer in the blood and told it to leave. In the name of Jesus Christ. And the next day, I lost the pallid look, that yellow, jaundiced look. I had strength and energy and appetite. And I, I, I went to school, got home from school, stood headed for the couch. I headed for my dog, Poncho. Poncho loved to play. We hadn't played in months because I was too tired to play with Poncho. But I chased Poncho, and Poncho chased me. And we chased each other. Until we were both a little bit give out from running, from running, not from no cancer. Hallelujah. And my mama said, son, don't you believe? And she said, you know, I felt so bad when you answered me. Here I am, eight years old. And she said, Bobby, don't you believe you need to lay down for a little while now out of her concern? And she told me what I said to her. She said, I looked up at her and said, Mama, Jesus healed me yesterday. I am healed. And I took off again chasing the dog and the dog chasing me. Can you say, man? It was so simple for me. Faith to receive. I hadn't learned to be impatient with God or to wait and see anything. I just believed. Hallelujah. On, I used to hear this on the radio. It would come on before Oral Roberts would preach. It would come on. It was, it was only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Only believe. And I thought, oh, this is great. We serve a God who can do anything and not only who can do anything, who will do something for His people. Hallelujah. And right now, I'm pursuing that place in God. I'm not pursuing some big complex theological something, but that simple childlike faith. For except you become as a little child, you can't see the kingdom of God. And except you become as a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And we got to get back to simple trust. 
instead of sense knowledge, we're making something complex that God made simple and powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. There's where most Christians stumble. The Bible said to believe when you pray that you have received, not wait and see. Does it say wait and see? 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 Or does it say believe that you receive it and you shall have it? Then you've got to have faith before you pray, not try to muster up something after you pray. Well, where are you going to get that? You're getting it right now. Right now. Can you say amen? Right now. We used to have a Bible study till people kind of fell off and fell off till it, nobody wanted to come to it. And you can't. I told somebody, I said, you know, I can't teach these chairs. These chairs are sick. Actually, they're doing pretty good. They haven't fallen over. They're able to stand on their feet. They don't need this message. Can you say, man, these chairs don't need it. I don't come here to teach chairs. I come here to teach people that are hungry for the Word. I said, people fill these chairs? Not even all of them. Just a few of them consistently where their faith can grow. God's going to move in, in them and then God's going to move through them. I called you to pray with you over a prayer that we had prayed. And so I was fully prepared to pray for you. And I shared with you some of the things that I was facing before praying for you. And I got surprised. Spirit of God fell on her. She began to pray for me and my family. And I thought, well, I'm going to just back off and receive it. I'm going to receive it. Me and my family could use some of that. Amen. Didn't anointing come on you? Man, if I had you on tape, I'd play you again. She prayed an anointed prayer. Hallelujah. I said, look at him, look at him. Amen. I got, I, I've called you to minister to you, and the Spirit of the Lord came on you and let you minister to me in behalf of my family. And I'm expecting a miracle in my son's life. Because I receive it. Hallelujah. Well, Brother Vimble, you're the pastor. You're the preacher. You're the one with all the gifts and anointing. No, I'm not. Hallelujah. The, come on. Come on, you're anointed. You are appointed. You have faith. Your faith God will honor. Hallelujah. Oh, give him a praise offering. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to read three more scriptures and quit. Pray that I will not comment on them. 1 John 5. 14 and 15, and this is the confidence we have in Him. There's where that receiving faith. If we ask anything according to His will, where do we begin to determine His will initially? In His Word. That's why those Catholic nuns were writing it down. His Word is His will. That's, can't find everything, but there's so much in there that we can stand on and claim. 
Can you say, man, if my word abide in you and you abide in me, you'll ask what you will because you'll ask in his will. Because the word is his will. And if the word abides in you, it'll teach you how to pray according to his will. And this is the confidence we have in him, the faith to receive, the faith to receive, the faith to receive. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if he hears us, we know that we have the petition that we've desired of him. And if you know that you got it, you believe it while you're praying. You don't wait to see nothing. And you shall what? What happens when you pray like that? You receive. You receive. God grants it. When your faith to receive meets his willingness to give, nothing can stop it. And that's why we're so troubled and upset and defeated and discouraged. Beware lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. For they, ancient Israel, had the gospel in type and foreshadow preached unto them just like we do. But it did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So the danger was, beware that there's any of you that fail to enter into his rest. What is his rest? It's that place in God when you know God's got it and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Amen? How do you know God's got it? Because you don't have it anymore. Cast your burden on the Lord. He'll sustain you. He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. The wicked are like the troubled sea whose waters cast up mire and dirt. The storm is so strong on the top that even on the bottom of the ocean, it's being disturbed by it. Well, we're not the wicked. We're the righteous. Can you say, man? And we have a covenant with God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why I love to teach the Word and preach the Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone said you have to recognize as troubles and trials and tests come into your life, you have to recognize there's a God who sits high and looks low, who has all power and has all power in his hand. And if you want to communicate with the divine, you do it by faith. In the dark, dreary nights when the storm is at its most fierce, the lighthouse burns bright so the sailors can find their way home again. In the same light, in life, the same light burns. This light is fueled with love, faith, and hope. And though life's most fierce storms, and through life's most fierce storms, these three burn their brightest so that we can find our way home again. Someone said the church of Jesus Christ is weak and anemic because she lives below her privilege of power. It's as if they had not been anointed. The enemy defeated them as if they had never been anointed, but they were anointed. How could it be, David said, how could this occur? How? Are the mighty fallen? These are not the weak. Anointed people are not weak. How can the mighty fail like this? How can those tongue-talking, Scripture-quoting, Bible-packing people be so defeated 
It's got to be a faith issue. It's not a power issue. It's not a faithfulness on God's part issue. We are anointed and we're appointed. We have a heritage of victory. Isaiah 64. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. This is the birthright. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith God. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. Because you're right with me. And if you're right with me, amen, who's going to be against you if God is for you? Paul reiterated that. If God be, what more shall we say to these things? There ain't nothing. End of argument. Day of blaming the devil is over. He'll do everything you let him do. If you give place to him, he'll do damage. But you don't have to give place to him. And if you don't give it to him, he can't take it. He has no authority to do that over you. Amen? He's got to convince, there again, lack of knowledge. He's got to convince you to give him something. Amen? Because he can't take it. He can't take it. And blaming the devil means we never own our own responsibility to trust and believe God. Some people will be back to church when they get into deep, deep trouble. They'll be back. But it's going to take a whole lot of trouble to get them back. They won't come for the word to build their faith. But they'll want God to touch them when they come back. They won't have faith to receive because they haven't been under the Word. We're not on the same page. They won't even go to the website to hear the sermon. They ain't got time for that. They're too busy with other things. But you're under the Word. And guess what's growing on the inside of you right now? Faith. You're going to get up one morning. It's going to be there. It's going to meet you. You're going to get up one morning, and fear is going to knock on the door. Something's going to be going on in your life, and fear is going to keep banging on your door. And you know what you're going to do? Normally you run to the door and open it to fear. But you're going to get up one morning, and fear is going to be knocking. And you're going to send faith to answer the door. Ain't nobody there. Ain't nobody there. Faith is not going to concede that the devil has power over you. Faith is not going to concede that God doesn't love you enough to help you. Faith is not going to roll out the carpet to the devil. Faith is going to shut the door and declare there's nobody there. Hallelujah. Shut the door. Shut the door. Leave the devil in the night. Shut the door. Light the candle. Everything's all right. Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet today? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Heal me of cancer. Heal my son in the emergency room. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Heal my son. In Curtis Hickson Hall, when a little older lady laid hands on him, 
because we had the faith to receive it and God granted it to this day. He's 53. He's never had another migraine. Never had another migraine. Never had another migraine. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Matthew 18, 19. Again I say unto you, Jesus speaking, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, we understand the will of God in this. Amen. It will be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. This is absolutes. We don't need to explain it away. We need to accept it as it's written and boldly declare it. The word agree in the Greek word means to agree harmoniously or to symphonize. When two people agree together, they're in harmony with their needs and their wants are parallel and they're agreeing with God's word. Two can't walk together except they agree. But when they agree, hallelujah, they, the mighty miracles of God was being wrought in the early church and said they were all on Solomon's porch and they were in one mind and with one accord. And the Holy Spirit was not quenched and he was not grieved. If he's not quenched or grieved, he's going to manifest and he's going to move. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John fourteen thirteen and 14, And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. That reason being, the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. See, if the Word abides in you, you abide in Jesus, you will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. I've spoken these things unto you, that my joy might be in you, so that your joy might be full. You just let your prayers start getting answered. God's showing up and showing out. You'll get your joy back. Your joy will just fill up. How can you not be joyful if God is moving in your behalf? And God's doing something special and specific in your life because you believed when you prayed and you received it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. There was a teacher I felt so sorry for that you asked prayer for. It was, had cancer. She may have passed by now. It was some years ago. She's still alive, still fighting the cancer. She's fine. Amazed. Not surprised. Isn't that incredible? And he shared his testimony of answered prayer with her. And she got a hold through his testimony. You mean God does these things today? God listens to prayer today. God answers prayer today. And there stands an answer. Because when he had a blood disorder and the doctor deeply concerned looking for what it was and what to do about it, he told her, according to the email I got from him, that I had my church and my pastor pray for me. And God touched me. And whatever it was, God took care of it. And here's a woman with cancer getting hope. Getting hope. Because believe me, when cancer knocks, fear comes. You've got to deal with it. And how do you deal with it? You deal with it by faith. Hallelujah. And she's still alive. And this was two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Thank God it hasn't overcome her, taken her. I have to believe that God has intervened for her. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Amen. It ought to be commonplace. I don't know what kind of church she goes to. But I know one thing. Just because it has a Pentecostal name or a denomination that is Pentecostal doesn't mean that the people have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the boldly proclaimed Word of God as it's written in the Bible without apology. I don't make excuses for God. Hath He not said it? Hath he not said it? Shall he not do it? Hath he not said it? Shall he not do it? Hath he not said it? Shall he not do it? Hallelujah! 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 Is he trustworthy? Is he worthy of your trust? Has he proven himself worthy of your trust? Hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm ready to rejoice. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to... <laughs> I, I want some people to come to a Bible study in the near future. We're, going, we're not going to sit here and die. But if I'm going to be involved, we're not going to sit here and die. We're not going to sit here and dry up. We're not going to sit here and wait on people to come through the door. We, if we have to reframe and reposition and relocate the ministry, I want people to come with a hungry heart so that we can see some victory. It encourages everybody when somebody gets the victory. When God healed that polyp, it encouraged me. Can you say, man? Didn't it encourage you when Brother Taylor had a bleeding polyp and they couldn't, they couldn't biopsy it, but they had that suspicion that it's cancerous? Could be. We've got to get in there and get the biopsy. He came down. All of us, not just one of us, but we gathered around him. We prayed for him. He went back to the doctor to get it checked. Because you use wisdom. He went back to see what was going on. They went in to biopsy the polyp that was bleeding. The bleeding stopped, number one. But when they got back in to biopsy it, the polyp was gone. Not only it wasn't bleeding, it wasn't there. They didn't need to take a biopsy because there's no polyp to biopsy. God beat them to it. God saw to it. God took care of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said, the psalmist said, publish his doings among the people. Let people know there's a God in heaven who hears and answers the cry of his people. In the name of his Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Doesn't it just lift you up when these things occur? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, the days of miracles are not over, dear friends. The days of miracles are ongoing. God would have to be off His throne. Hallelujah. The Bible would have to be a, a, a fraud and a fable. But as long as the Bible is God's Word and God sits on His throne, hallelujah, miracles should be commonplace among God's people because prayer should be answered. Hallelujah. So I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds it. Praise God. And I've, I, I, every time I think 
when I want to teach and I want to see people saved and I want to see them healed and I want to see them delivered and I want to see them set free. I want to see revival and restoration in my generation. When I think, when I think of just cooking out and, and mowing my yard and taking care of my car and, and just, you know, kicking back and saying, let somebody else, there's no hope for anything. This is fire shut up in my bones. I can't sit down with this, Brother Taylor. Not yet. A day will come. I hope, I hope God calls me the home right in the middle of a heavy anointed preaching service. I took, I, <laughs> wouldn't that be a great way to go home? That's a, Gerald's daddy went home praising God. He was in church on a Sunday morning. Gerald Baldry's daddy, he stood up back there in the pew praising God and dropped down and went to heaven. What a way to go home. What a home going. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I got something to say. God's got his hand on. I've been, I've been some places. I haven't just been to church. I've been in the valleys. I've been in the furnace. Hallelujah. And God has been faithful over and over and over and over again. Hallelujah. 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 I've lived through it enough to know that he's faithful. And I want to see everybody discover His grace, His mercy, His presence, His power. And I want to see church become a place where something good is going to happen to you. Because Jesus is passing your way. Hallelujah. 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 This is my story. I used to get up on Saturday morning, turn on a big airline from Montgomery Ward. Radio with those legs on it, that big old radio turn it on with that pretty wood grain, sit down beside of it, and hear my pastor in Tampa, Joe Woodward, and hear it come on the air. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And I remember my pastor Brother Joe Woodward, I remember, he, he pastored the Tampa Revival Center where I was healed of cancer. Hallelujah. Where some people that attended our church had went there, part of their prayer group. I remember him saying, I went to the East Coast to be a guest speaker, driving all the way back from the East Coast to the West Coast. There was only one artery between Highway 60 and Highway 92. He was on Highway 92 almost back into Tampa. When he said, I had driven too long, hadn't slept, and I should have pulled over and took a nap, but I didn't. And he said, I fell asleep. He, went, he said, I, I just, he didn't realize it while he's going to sleep, but he just fell over in the seat toward the passenger side of the car, going 60 on 92. And he said, when I woke up, I was scared to death because I was in a moving vehicle. It's nighttime. I'm going at a high rate of speed. And I immediately looked for the steering wheel and said there was someone in white garments, a hold of the wheel, serenely holding that wheel. And he said, I sat up and thought I was seeing an apparition. And I grabbed the wheel. When I grabbed the wheel, he turned loose of it and disappeared. He said, you don't have to believe this. But he said, it happened to me. It's my miracle. 
It was my angel that took the wheel. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just telling you what happened to me. But the Bible did say he would give his angels charge over thee. And that doesn't mean you can go to sleep at the wheel. Can you say, man? He didn't mean to do that. That's foolishness. But God did deliver him. And that's the kind of church I was involved with. The kind of church where the up in the balcony they went to pray. Sister Hodges. And ladies of her caliber, intercessors that would pray seven-day-a-week services and people coming because God was pouring out His Spirit every day and every night. And they're up there praying and seeking God for the evening service in the morning at 9 a.m. And while they're praying, they're interrupted by a choir singing the most beautiful music they said they had ever heard. And when they looked up, they thought a choir had been brought in that was going to sing that night and they were practicing. But they looked up where the pulpit was and there was not another soul in the building. But the high praises of God would be sung and they all begin to praise God in tongues and glorify Him. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Vimble, that's crazy stuff. But dun, 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 that's twilight zone. No, honey, that's God's zone. Hallelujah. Hey, angels are real. Hallelujah. And they're relevant to us today. Glory be to God. In brother, one of Brother Shambach's meeting, he said one of the greatest miracles he saw on his platform, other than God healing people, he, he had a guy played that Hammond organ. He could play that organ. You, you ever been to a meeting with a Hammond organ, the good old Hammond with the, with the Leslie? It's got a fan in it, and it whips that, that music out. Man, I'm telling you, if you can't worship to the, with that background, you, you need to be raised from the dead. And he said he had a guy on that thing and said he, he was good at it. He said the anointing of God came on him, and he got to praising God on that Hammond, and people started getting healed and delivered. It wasn't just emotional mechanics going on. God began to move. People began to worship. He said he got so under the anointing, he lifted both hands and began to praise God. The guy on the Hammond organ began to praise God with both hands. And the Hammond organ just kept on a play. Without skipping a beat, the keys were going up and down, and the, and it was right on tune. It didn't go sour. It didn't go off. Amen. Until till he opened his eyes and looked down, and then he went right back to work on it. But he said, I saw it with my own two eyes. Saw it with my own two eyes. Saw it with my own two eyes. Praise God. Hallelujah. 